From the truckload quoting page within TIE-TMS, you can create a new shipment and to instantly display your historical lane average alongside all of the market-leading rating intelligence tools. In just a few clicks, you can adjust the quote, add your margin, select your quote response template, and email an official quote right off to the customer from the same page. Request a demo today at tie-software.com to find out how TIE-TMS can optimize your quoting process. of Check Call. Today we are covering the importance of effective carrier management. Don't forget to subscribe to Check Call, the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Before we dive into our guest interview, there is some news in the world that you should check out. For the second straight month, Laredo, Texas retained the number one spot among the nation's 450 international gateways for trade. During March, Laredo recorded a 12% year-over-year increase in total commerce to $28.6 billion, according to the latest U.S. Census Bureau data. Chicago O'Hare International Airport ranked number two and reported $26.4 billion, so close, but so far, in trade, while JFK International Airport in New York was number three with $23.4 billion. The Port of Los Angeles, which previously held the number one spot for most of 2022, fell to number four in March, accounting for $22.1 billion in trade. Mexico also ranked the United States as the top trading partner for the fourth consecutive month in March with total trade increasing 4.5% year-over-year to $45 billion. Fresh produce season in Mexico has been in full swing since early March, with Laredo accounting for $211 million of imports of strawberries, blueberries, and $121 million in avocados during the month. Millennials everywhere are thrilled. The top exports from the U.S. through Laredo were auto parts, gasoline, and diesel engines. This week's sonar chart of the show is the Savannah, Georgia market. Outbound tender rejections from Savannah, Georgia rose 120 basis points week over week from 3.67% on May 22nd to 4.87. During that same period, outbound tender volumes remained volatile, falling 2.53% from 100.68 points on May 28th to 98.13. The slight decline followed a Memorial Day weekend volume surge where outbound tender volumes peaked at 117.94 points. On May 26, the Savannah market is one of the closest available markets with higher outbound volumes than inbound volumes for carriers coming out of Florida. For carriers around the Jacksonville and Lakeland markets without freight, deadheading north may be an option to keep utilization at the expense of revenue from the extra empty miles. Today, we are joined by Rowdy Valcock, VP of Carrier Sales at Blue Grace Logistics. Welcome back to the show, Rowdy. Thank you, Mary. Always a great time to be on the show. So last time, we didn't quite get your rundown. We didn't quite get your background and how you ended up at Blue Grace. So why don't you go ahead and tell us how you ended up here? Yep. Um, well, I took a little less traditional approach than I think a lot of people did. Um, I actually spent a handful of years before Blue Grace on the carrier side. So I really got to dive deep into understanding how carriers operate, um, you know, hiring drivers, driver retention, building the capacity piece on the carrier side and then uh did that for a while and in 2014 decided to make the transition to the, the 3pl space and join blue grace and since day one i spent my entire time on the carrier side uh, building carrier sales and execution teams and helping lead them i feel like that's kind of almost i don't want to say cheating in a way but cheating in a way that you're like oh i'm gonna go build a carrier management program or like a carrier 
program over here at this 3PL and hmm, I wonder what carriers want. Oh, wait, I already have the secret sauce. And you're just like, no, no, this is how we're actually going to do it and get carriers to stick around. It is a good way, um, you know, to have just kind of a different viewpoint, right? Um, I feel a lot of people just kind of come from a different 3PL or right out of college. So definitely a little cheating. It is a little bit of cheating, but cheating like in the best way, not like we're going to steal a World Series. We're, che- we're, we're cheating in the way that will ultimately benefit the customer, the shipper, and the carrier all at the same time. It's a win-win. So right now, it's, it's all really about relationships. It's what everybody's kind of been saying because it's a down market. And so capacity is plentiful, loads not so much. Um, what's kind of that best strategy right here for awarding freight to carriers? Do you kind of throw more to those that were helping you when rates were incredibly high, you know, not completely overcharging for rates? Or do you kind of give the new guys in the field an equal chance? um, Or does it just kind of depend? You know, we definitely try to prioritize the carriers that support us in the last market cycle, right? Um, Our partner carriers that that took care of us and, and gave us capacity when that capacity wasn't out there. Um, you know, we strive to maintain those relationships and, and really put freight in front of them. Um, the one thing we really talk a lot about internally is making sure that we treat our carriers as an equal part of the sales equation, right? Uh, 50, 50 between carrier and customer. Um, that said, you can't solely just rely on the carriers you have in your network today. Um, you know, this is the time, right? The down market is the time to ask yourself. Are there carriers that are not in your network today that should be? Um, you know, uh, is there business that you're going to be onboarding in the next market cycle that you potentially do not have those carriers already in your network? Um, and now is really the time not to let your foot off the gas and really go and build more relationships. I think that's really important because I think everyone kind of forgets that, you know, market cycles are just that market cycle. So if you're sales team is still out there hustling and grinding and trying to close some deals or at least get their foot in the door, knowing what potentially could come down that pipeline, I think would just really ultimately just setting you up for success because the sales goes out and is like, hey, I got somebody that ships exclusively out of Nebraska. And you're like, great, love that. We can do that. No problem. And then you turn around and you're like, I have two carriers in Nebraska. Cool. Going to need to work on that. <laughs> I think that's really just kind of like setting things up. And I know everyone's kind of, I know the 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 relationship between like the the individual brokers or the procurement team and the sales team is always a little um, little, little risky sometimes. Um, not they're not always the best of friends, but really when they when everybody does work together and communicate and say this is what we're actively chasing, this is where we are in relation to closing. These are real, true, good prospects that we have. That's when you kind of go, okay, well, we need to be ready to service them. So we're going to go find some people because, um, you know, you can't just rely on load boards to source everything because um, that's where you're more likely going to get got by the fraud. Correct. And, and you know, now's the time to go do that. Not when the market is hot and you're just, you know, trying to execute on the freight you have. Um, now's the time to go build those relationships. Absolutely. So I guess when it comes to building those relationships, how do you find that perfect balance between capacity management and then also trying to minimize the cost to that shipper? Because shippers right now are everywhere they're seeing is, oh, rates are down, rates are down, like rates should be around here. But then when they get an invoice for something that's a little higher, how do you kind of explain that 
like, hey, yeah, we went and sourced this capacity, but it's at a higher rate because of X, Y, Z. So how do you kind of maintain that balance? I don't know if there is a perfect balance, right? We, we all have jobs because we live in a world of a perfect imbalance. Uh, but I, I really do believe it starts with just understanding your customer's requirements and what are they really trying to accomplish in, in this market cycle? And then how does that match up to uh, our carrier's needs? Um, and really minimizing cost doesn't necessarily have to just be selling or buying a load cheaper, right? Uh, I, I think you have to look further upstream uh, and provide value. Uh, are you looking at the historical data? Are you looking for underutilized capacity? Are you looking for inefficient route planning? freight consolidation opportunities, mode optimization opportunities, um, and, and so on. It's not all about just taking a load and, and, and selling it for less. Uh, and, and that said, you have to also have conversations and understand how the decisions you make today around cost are going to impact your service levels, both in the short term and in the long term. I want to say that everyone is, you know, being intelligent right now and not just, you know, um, kind of biting the hand that feeds them or, you know, kind of remembering that, you know, you have these short term, you might be doing some short term sacrifices, but there's ultimately a long term gain because, you know, if you're kind of less than ideal, to, if your behavior is less than ideal, some of the carriers now, then when the market turns, they're going to be less likely to help you because you're you're not there in the good times or the bad times. Um and then also to that shipper standard, you know, if they have that standard of service, you have to keep delivering that. And if carriers aren't going to participate or up, live up to those standards, then unfortunately, they might not find themselves in that program again, you know? Well, I think two two things to that point, right? One, I think you kind of see uh, that between the spread of contract and spot, right? It's not closing as fast as historically, because I do think that, you know, some shippers don't want to bite the hand that, that defeats them or, or, you know, or take care of people that, you know, they, they know that the market will inevitably turn. Um, and from a carrier standpoint, I, I think w we all know that when the market is loose and capacity is plentiful, service expectations also increase. So you almost have to deliver higher service now. Exactly. Because anyone can just show up on time and get to the, get to the delivery spot in one, in one piece and on time. Like, Almost anyone can do that. And on the flip side, if there are carriers in that network that are not fulfilling that or, you know, they're consistently showing up late, I think that now more than ever, they're going to get kicked off that and they're going to get moved to the bottom of the routing guide because, you know, we have these service standards and we'd like them to continue. Um, so I guess the big question is forecasting. How do you forecast in this environment? What does it look like? Do you kind of, you know, think like you just kind of hope and pray that the market's going to turn soon? How do you continue to forecast and, you know, anticipate these fluctuations in the market um, as, you know, you go to plan your year? Yeah. Well, Mary, I don't know if you knew this, but, you know, we have a crystal ball. No. You do? Uh, no, That's, no. I think, um, think, I think you might want to put that under lock and key. <laughs> Everyone's going to come steal it from you. All jokes aside. No, we, we, we use a ton of external and internal data, right? We, we dive deep in some of our historicals. Um, but, but one of the really cool things that we actually developed recently, and we may have spoken about this on the show is our logistics confidence index. Essentially what that is, is a predictive analysis of what our shippers, uh, confidence is for the upcoming quarter. Um, so, you know, we look at volumes, we look at, uh, cost expectations, and there's a ton of stuff that go, that goes into that. And really it's just taking a collaborative approach. 
uh, and having these conversations with our, co- with our customers to say, hey, what are you expecting to see in the next quarter? How do we plan together rather than you planning on one side and us planning on the other side and then, you know, our plans aren't really matching up. So how do we work together to achieve uh, all of our goals in the upcoming quarter? Um, it's, it's, it's work that's it's actually been really cool. I think that you guys have um, touched on something that, you know, is foreign to a lot of freight brokers and 3PLs, and that is talk to your customer. Just just ask them what you're doing. What's, what's, what's on the horizon? Because um, I can't tell you how many people are like nervous to go to their shipper to ask like, hey, where are you building this new distribution center so we can have trucks there day one? Oh, no, we'll just find out when they tell us. No, no how about we ask them so we can have trucks there? day one. Um, so many people are scared to bother their customer. And I'm like, you're not bothering them. They're paying you to do a service. And this is part of the service that you're paying for. So if you don't want to talk to them, that's that's not good. That's really not good. And uh, I think you guys have unlocked the secret there. Just sit down and talk to your customers. It's not rocket science. But you would think it might be. So uh, crystal ball and talk to your customers. That's That's the solution. So I guess when you do start looking at that data, what kind of KPIs and metrics do you consider like these essential for kind of monitoring and evaluating different carriers or capacity strategies? What are those key things that you more often than not, you lean on and go, okay, this is what we need to start measuring with and then kind of add or remove some from there? We look at a lot. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, so what about like top I, three? Yeah, the, the top three, four, I'd say we, we look at is uh, network coverage, uh, fleet size management, service metrics, obviously in this type of market, and then uh, financial performance would be, I'd say, the top four. Ooh, financial performance. Do you uh, call people out? Not call people out, but evaluate people based off their um, willingness to like pay on time or have their banking information set up with you guys? Do you guys kind of, um, like, do you put that much stock in that kind of thing? From a financial standpoint, we're talking about more like, hey, how are we delivering relative to the market, right? Are we being fair, um, right? You know, you can't can't be the cheapest, can't also be the most expensive. So how are you monitoring and measuring that? Okay, I like that. Just kind of a, a more of a reflection on yourself versus how a carrier might be collecting payment or how a shipper might be paying on time. Just kind of a, a little introspection. And I like that. You know, a lot of people could do with a decent amount of introspection in their life and, you know, just do some self, some soul searching. Um, I guess, so you have these metrics, you have the, we'll stick with these top four. Um, what, how do you even know where to start collecting data to kind of fuel into this? Because, um, obviously internally for the financial one, you look at yourself, you look at your own, um, comparison versus the market, but when it comes to some of the carriers or, um, shippers that are maybe underperforming, cause shocking shippers can be a little underperforming and they can get themselves, they can sometimes be a little too big for their britches. Um, but how do you kind of start knowing where to compile this data to make these KPIs and evaluate people? That's a great question. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about data. I think everyone has data, but it's, it's not about, you know, having is one thing, but what you do or don't do with the data, um, is I think what really matters. Uh, and then are you looking at the data, you know, the historical decisions you made based off of the data and kind of figuring out if you've made the right decision, if you didn't make the right decision. Um, but. If we go back to the last time you and I spoke, uh, we touched briefly on 
you know, a little project that we had here, which was uh, around predictive and prescriptive analytics. So what is, what is the data telling you to do versus just telling you what you already did, right? So um, the, the, the thought process and the idea there is not all loads are created equal. Um, different shipments, different loads have a different risk profile. Um, and then some shipments just may be prioritized for the incorrect reasons. If, you know, you're just relying on somebody to make that decision. Um, so, you know, you have to take your available data and, and really try to understand shipment risk and minimize uh, that risk by the correct pricing, prioritizing the, the right loads and really selecting the right carriers at the right time for the right rate, right? We're not saying the lowest rate, um, the lowest, the cheapest carrier. We're, say, we're saying right carrier, right load, right time. I think that's half the battle is getting the right carrier in place because you could have a carrier that's amazing. For example, if you have a shipper that comes out of Nebraska, you could have a carrier that like we service all of Nebraska. Like we, there's not a point that we don't service. We love it. It's great. And then you put them on there and it's just not a right fit for them. It's some carriers and some freight just don't. It's just not a mix. So I really like that you guys take that extra step and, you know, really make sure that you are putting the right carrier on the, that load. And that is really just setting everyone up for success because no carrier wants to have a shipper that they think is difficult to work with and no shipper wants to have a carrier that they think is difficult to work with. So um, I also like that you guys just always come back and like just recheck yourself and reevaluate yourself based off your performance. Like that is that is top tier top tier just just double checking that you are doing things in the correct direction way to go blue grace just crushing it but so you have all this happening and obviously you're not alone doing this you're not sitting there surrounded by like 10 computer screens in this big command center um i don't know why i just pictured that but i did so you have obviously teams that help you have teams that kind of help you and everybody does their own thing so I guess what's that big um, kind of because everyone everyone has to work together to pull off what you guys have set up. So how do you kind of coach these teams to stay proactive, especially in a down market where they might not see that value add that they would in that hot that hot market where you're just kind of printing money and getting things going as fast as you can? How do you kind of keep things proactive and keep everybody uh, you know cohesive and working together? Um, especially when there might not be that sense of urgency that comes with a down market. Well, it's funny that you actually mentioned that. I mean, look, it's not easy, but really what we try to instill is that sense of urgency from from the ground up, right? From day one, instilling the sense of urgency, instilling that you cannot take your foot off the gas just because we're in one market cycle or the other, right? We can't hit the easy button. Uh, we have to understand that if you get complacent today, you will pay for it when the market inevitably flips. Uh, and you, you know, we also teach that what you do today is very rarely for today. It's always building for the future. What questions are you asking? Who are you contacting? What relationships are you building that are going to be there uh, for you in 12 months from now? Uh, and also just relationships aren't built overnight, right? Um, you know, this type of down market can either help you maximize and really build a strong foundation or relationship. Or it can ruin it in a second if you try to take advantage of them. Oh, absolutely. I can't even tell you how many times I've shouted from the rooftop that just taking five minutes to talk to a carrier right now, especially because like you probably don't have that much going on. Like you have a lot going on, but you don't have you're not like trying to put out 10 fires at once. Like you have those days where you're a little slower and maybe you can take an extra five minutes to talk to that dispatcher, talk to that rep, talk to that driver himself and say, hey, you know, how's it going? What's it like over there? Got, had any good snacks lately? 
um drivers are people they just exactly like anything like that um it's just it's the little things that yeah it might seem trivial to spend five minutes talking about so-and-so's son's graduation or whatever but just having that personal connection it does seem trivial but it is so important because when you get in a bind you know you're you're going to call them and they're going to be more likely to help you especially also now if you're like hey i know that you're struggling to kind of cover costs so what's the absolute lowest you can do on this so that way i'm not taking advantage of you and we can work together and that way i can take it back to my shipper and say hey you know this service that you know and that you love and it's reliable and consistent well this is the lowest that we can do it for because if otherwise this is like your standards are going to be down here if we start cutting below this. Yeah. I mean, we, we have those conversations all the time, right? We try to stay proactive. Everyone knows that, right. We, we market cycles, right. We're in a cyclical market and the, it will flip. So, you know, some of our, our curators understand that too. So we're just trying to have those conversations in advance and say, Hey, when this happens, how are we going to handle that? What's the fair way, the most fair way to do it? I think that is the most, the best way to be proactive. Like you've said, don't take your foot off the gas because as soon as you do, everyone else is going to catch up and blow past you because those that aren't taking their foot off the gas, they're not slowing down. So we are getting near the end, but I have two more questions. One, what is your favorite tip to tell someone to build relationships? Like what's that go-to when somebody's like, oh, I'm struggling. I don't know. What's your one, what's your one pro tip to tell people? takes time, right? Relationships aren't built overnight. Uh, I, I think there's this common misconception that you call somebody one time and say, hey, I want to build a relationship with you. And ultimately, the relationship just appears out of thin air. Uh, no, it's, it takes work, right? Just like anything else. It's calling calling these these carriers every day and learning a little bit more about their business. Um, you know, taking this market opportunity to say, hey, I assume there's been some changes in your network. You, you know, you may have lost some love, you may have uh, been awarded other lanes. What's changed? How could we help? Um, how is our relationship changing uh, or potentially staying the same? So I think there's just kind of a misconception that you just ask somebody to have, you know, hey, can we have a working relationship and they'll just say, yeah. Can we become best friends now? Yeah. Yeah. We're best friends now, right? Yeah. I like that. Um, so then the last question I have for you is because we already know where you stand on a hot dog as a sandwich. We need to know now what is your favorite or your best dad joke? I don't know about best. I have one. Uh, not that great. So just bear with me. When does a joke actually become a dad joke? When there's like a baby J or something like that? When it becomes a parent. Oh, that actually is a pretty good one. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm looking forward to many a future of uh, you're going you're gonna to brush off those dad joke skills and we're going to get more out of you. I have no doubt. We're going to get some more. So if anyone wants to tell you their favorite dad joke or slide in those DMs to figure out how to build a good relationship or ask you any questions, where can they find you outside the show? Uh, I am Raddy Velkov on all social media. Awesome. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, Mary. I can check all the podcasts anywhere your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget just to check out all the other incredible Freightways podcasts, such as Truck Tech and Point of Sale. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash check. See you on the internet.